Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Mike check one two one two. All right, quickly here before we bring in my next guest, shout out to everybody listening wherever you are. Hopefully you're having a good Friday night, enjoying the show, the conversation. It's a football Friday on the fan, KM to AM. Keith McPherson, your nighttime host, running through the tape, wrapping up five straight five-hour shows. That's 25 hours this week that I was blessed with, starting at 7 p.m., going to midnight and we're doing the same thing tonight. We're inside the 9 o'clock hour. Let's get to the phones. Victor up in the Bronx. What's up, man? You're on the fan. Hey, good evening, Keith. I always appreciate you taking my call. Um, I had a Yankee question, but um, I don't know if I'm going to have time for that, But because um, I want to start make with a it. comment on the, on the interview for the Cowboys. Okay. And um, I hate to bust, bust your bubble, but the Cowboys, they never produce. I don't want to use the word choke, but they never – get over the hump when it comes in the playoffs. For the last 15, 20 years, they, they don't deliver. And, okay, so um, put your money on past history. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, I think the last couple of years with Prescott, um, he got away from taking off when he needs to. Like Josh Allen does it. He, he throws interceptions, but he, he knows what to take off. He's not a running win. quarterback. He's not a running quarterback. He's, yeah, he's been under Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore has been trying to make Dak, Dak Prescott play as if he's Kellen Moore. It's just different circumstances this year. They got a soft landing spot. If they lose to the Green Bay Packers, I will be the first one on this radio station to undress them, pause. I'll be the first one on this radio station to completely rip them and and disrespect them and tell you they're frauds. I don't even know why I thought this one was a gimme. They've done it again. But, yeah, I can't go on past history. It's not always that they're the number two seed. It's not always that they win the division. It's not always they have the best quarterback in the league, the best receiver in the league. It's not always they have this Dan Quinn defense. Things have changed. This is the third year they've been 12-5. and They know the past history. This has nothing to do with the past. But with crucial situations with past, that that, that always happens. And I'm just scared that he's scared of getting hurt when he, he could take off when he needs to to get a first down or, or to win the game. And he's always throwing interceptions in crucial times he, in the last couple of years. I mean, even... Aaron it's Rodgers just old narratives. It's just old narratives. I, I just can't do it. I watch every game. I, I watch every game. You can't say he's always throwing interceptions. Yeah, but... He had nine interceptions this year. Three of them came in one game. 
Like, we can't do that to Dak Prescott. We did it last year. It was cute last year. It made sense because he missed four games last year and led the league with interceptions. That wasn't the case this year. So he was very efficient. Running, he's not a running quarterback. He shouldn't take he's off. He's not a running quarterback. He was but a he running quarterback at Mississippi when he State. To, when he need, when he needs to. He's one of the best pocket passing quarterbacks. He's one of the best quarterbacks against man coverage. He's one of the best throwing quarterbacks. Please go look up the numbers. He's got the most passing touchdowns in the league. He's up there with yards, quarterback rating. He's the highest rated quarterback in the league. I just, I just think he's scared that he don't, he don't want to get. He's not scared he of anything. He's not scared of anything, but he's got to prove it. He's got to go out there and prove it. Okay, so do you think McCarthy's job will be in jeopardy? Hell no. Nope. I think that they lose to the Packers. Nope. Because Love, Love right now is one of the hottest quarterbacks right now in the league. It can happen. Sure. They, they can Any, the anybody can beat anybody in the NFL. They're all pros. Any given Sunday, it's the playoffs. Crazier things have happened. But Mike McCarthy just got the best year out of Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb, his first year calling the plays. There's no way they, they cut that man. There's no way they get rid of that man. You, We're, we're talking about the, the freaking Jets, and the Jets won't move on from Rob Sala. We're, we're going to get rid of a guy that's won 12 games three years in a row, gone to the play. No way. No. So what's this thing with now with, with the Packers and, and the Cowboys, and they and he used to put, he used to be the coach of the of the. Packers, you know, well, what does that involve? You know, and um, how you see the outcome of this of this game? I mean, maybe he knows something, maybe he doesn't. I, I think him himself, he said, you know, last year they made too much of like a revenge game, him going back to Lambeau and the players really wanting to get that win from him. Dak did too much in that game, threw two interceptions, fell right into Aaron Rodgers' hand. Uh, hands they were end up, ended up um, they ended up losing that game and and the Packers won. I don't think that has anything to do with it. Like I think this is just another day at the office for a Dallas Cowboys team that is more experienced, just better than the Green Bay Packers has a you know a better team. They should just go out there and play their game and maybe they don't absolutely blow them out, but I 100 percent expect them to win. Okay, can, can I just get to uh, the Yankees real quick if, if I have time? Yeah, you should have led with it. It's all good. Go okay, no, because the, the interview, <laughs> was, I, I listened to your interview. It was pretty good, and I appreciate it. But, um, well, it's not really a Yankee question. I just want to know your opinion, your, your theory, why um, the free agent market has been so quiet and, and, and pitches and catches reported in a month. And I, there's still a lot of pitching out this there. Is- I, I agree with the Strowman acquisition because you, you need every arm you could get because – Everybody gets hurt. So, yeah. I mean, if the Yankees can even pick up, I don't care how many pitches they pick up, I, the more the better. That's what I say. And um, there's still a lot of arms out there. So I'm just saying, well, what's the theory or the opinion, your opinion on why the it's – been, it's been kind of quiet after these Japanese acquired the, – the, the, the Dodgers acquired these Japanese guys. So I'm just saying to myself, why is this so quiet? And pitches and catches grow up, report next month. Thanks for the call, Victor. This isn't anything new. I don't know. You guys are older than me. How many baseball off-seasons have you seen that have just been like, oh, everybody's signed, sealed, delivered halfway through January? I just don't remember that happening. I remember being young, and we didn't have Twitter. Twitter is the problem. Social media is a problem because every day you're refreshing. Every day you're checking Jeff Passan. You're checking Ken Rosenthal, Joel Sherman, John Heyman. Wait, is it going to happen? What are they going to do? Is it? Did it happen yet? Why is nothing happening? The Yankees have made more moves than anybody in their division. The Yankees have added Alex Verdugo, Trent Grisham, Juan Soto, Cody Petit, Kevin Smith, Luke Weaver, and now Marcus Stroman. And they've subtracted a few bums. They've done a lot in this little bit of time. It's January 12th. MLB does not have a hard deadline, right? You guys follow every sport. 
There, there isn't a hard deadline for free agency to start and to finish, right? Where, well, or, or to finish. If there was a, a free agency deadline of January fifteenth, yeah, things would would get done. But you guys remember Machado and Harper? That that played out the whole winter. You know, guys go into spring training waiting for the call, waiting for their money. So to me, this isn't moving slow at all. To me, you had the winter meetings, and Brian Cashman and New York Yankees won the winter meetings with the Verdugo trade and the Soto trade. And so far this winter, right, please also go back and look. The last couple years were more robust as far as the talent becoming available in free agency. The prize of this offseason was always Otani. Yamamoto emerged. And, of course, the Dodgers get them both because they're best friends. The writing was on the wall. I'm the only host that said it's not Yamasoto, it's Yamamotani. I was trying to tell you guys for weeks they were going to team up. And it was the Dodgers, the Dodgers, the Dodgers. And we were wasting our breath. Mets versus Yankees. They were always teaming up over there. It's not moving at a, a snail's pace. We're just spoiled. We want every player every year. It doesn't work like that. There is a budget. There is a way to do this. And last but not least, it's a competition. You guys don't realize there's 29 other teams outside of the New York Yankees. There's 29 other teams outside the New York Mets. They have agents representing these players talking to these teams. And it's baseball. There's about 10, 15 teams. They can't spend the money that the Mets and the Yankees can spend. They're not interested in the top flight guys. But there's a competition between the teams that can afford them. Be patient. Let it play out. Adding a Marcus Stroman for $18 million a year doesn't take you out of signing a Blake Snell or a Jordan Montgomery. I don't think it happens. But that doesn't mean they can't trade for a Corbin Burns who just settled for $15 million in arbitration or a Shane Bieber or a Dylan Cease, even though I think those are, are less likely. Like, let it play out. You guys expect this. It doesn't matter that, that pitchers and catchers are reporting on Valentine's Day. Moves will be made. Jose Trevino was signed or, or was traded for during spring training. The Yankees platinum glove all-star catcher, right? The Yankees made that move in camp. Moves get made in camp once teams get everybody to report and get everybody there and they see what they have and then they get on the phones and say, Oh, yeah, well, we need this. We need to make a trade for this. Prices come down. Guys get desperate. They end up signing for less. Is this new? I'm not as old as some of y'all. Like, I haven't even lived through that many baseball off seasons. It's moving at a fine pace for me. Lou is in Astoria. What's up, Lou? You're on the fan. Hey, Green. How are you? I'm good. I'm in here watching the Miami-Kansas uh, City game from Germany. It's on NFL Network. I don't think it's going to oh, be wow. like that for this this game. I just all I remember about that game is the Chiefs scored all their points in the first half and won, scoring nothing in the second half. That's not going to work in the playoffs. Wow! Since this is a football, you know, I, I want to talk about the Mets. Yeah, this is since this is a, a football week. If I have a choice as a sorry Mets fan to pick a quarterback to play for, to play for my team, believe it or not, it'll be Josh Allen. So that's a good I mean, choice because when he gets into the red got, zone, you, he you gets paid. Yeah, you got to be careful with this guy. You know what? He scares me. I'm on record saying, like, if he doesn't turn the ball over and he yeah. leads the Bills, you know what? You they've know what? already been playing playoff football. They can make a run to the Super Bowl. It's now or never for McDermott. I tell you what, if Bill Belichick was not an old man and he and he's no one to deal with cold weather, he goes over there and makes Josh Allen a freaking Peyton Manning. I'm telling you right now, with the way he, he know mm -hmm. how to defend mm -hmm. and everything else. But anyway, I don't know if Bill can do it. 
Brian Dable was a good coach for Josh Allen, more of an offensive-minded yeah, guy. You know Belichick, Belichick got Bill lucky. Belichick, Belichick hasn't developed any quarterbacks. He had Tom Brady, who was just a demon, a monster, super driven. But yeah, yeah well, go ahead. Tom Brady, you know, listen to this. You, what, do you, what do you think would happen if Bill Belichick was the coach for Peyton Manning? He wouldn't you have to coach Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was a coach exactly, on the field. Exactly. So Peyton Manning was that. Offensively, the, the, unbelievably, all he had to do is play defense, which Peyton Manning never had anyway, on the Mets. Um, on the owner. When he won 101 games, okay, his MVP player for the Mets was Stanley Marte. Okay? He needed one game to win the division, and you know what? You know anything could have happened, okay? Then you had Scherzer. I know what did happen. You don't know, but no, no, I know. We know what happened. Well, Scherzer. But you, well, you anything could have happened, but I know what did happen. Keith, he cannot play the game. He had Scherzer and Degrom to take to win one game. They went to the Braves, okay, to win the division, and they both stunk. How can you blame the owner for doing what he did? And then the next year, he actually signed two antiques, thinking that. Uh, that they were going to get it done, you know? And listen, one thing about the Yankees, even though we're Yankee fans, when it comes to Yamamoto, we never match the highest over. He Good. Did. And he actually flew to Japan, took him to his house. So to say that he's not a good owner... You know what? I'm not. I didn't, I, I didn't I say he's not a good owner. Well, I said, why does he get so much grace? So many people kissing his feet. A lot of poultry yeah, riding. Because, you know, There's people acting like he's a king. What has he done? But, but listen, listen, listen to what I'm saying. I mean, the guy is trying, okay? He's a fan, okay? I wish he was... He's trying. Yeah, do or do not. Right now. There is no try. Thanks for the call, Lou. <clears throat> yeah, Steve Cohen has tried um, and failed, and now he's reversed course, and now it's 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 King Stearns, and we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. Give him a couple years. And, yeah, I don't know. You were missing me with all the, like, Bel- acting like Belichick is like a quarterback whisperer. <laughs> Couldn't figure it out with Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. Anybody's going to have success with Peyton Manning. He knows everything that's going on on the field. He's a coach on the field. Anybody's going to have success with Tom Brady. He's out of his mind. Have you guys seen some of the stuff that he said about, like, he would he would think about, did someone say something about me and be, like, super driven to go out there and compete? Let's go. Let's go. Joe is out in Brooklyn. What's up, Joe? You're on the fan. Hey, what's up, Keith? How are you, man? I'm, I'm a big fan of yours. I just uh, started following you on Twitter about a month ago, and just big fan. I, I love your show. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks hey, for calling in. So, so I, uh, I need you to like kind of talk me off the ledge with the Jets, um, just because, like, I mean, and I'm being honest here. I was one of those. I, I, I didn't want Aaron Rodgers here, and I got roasted by a lot of my Jets fans, friends, and just calling me a typical negative Jets fan and whatnot, but it was it was not really about just not liking Rodgers. It was more about the issues that I saw with the team and mainly with the offensive line when, you know, 38-year-old Dwayne Brown at left tackle, mm-hmm. you know, coming off shoulder surgery and hip problems. coming back and relying on a guy that didn't play for two years. Yeah, and then right tackle, back then, right, and Vera Tucker, torn bicep. Tomlinson was nothing to write home about. McGovern was nothing to write home about. I just saw so many major issues, and then we trade down in the draft to get Rodgers, and we lose out on Roger Jones. Yeah, you draft Will McDonald. You were never a quarterback away either. Exactly. So, you know, and listen, Joe Douglas, I think he deserves a lot of criticism, but I just keep thinking to myself, like, 
here's a guy who worked under Ozzie Newsom for 14 years. Like, he knows something about football. So what I'm saying when I, like, I need you to talk me off the ledge is, like, is this the owner, like, stepping in and interjecting with whatever this guy Douglas wants to do with the draft? You already heard the rumors about how he didn't want to take Wilson and that Woody kind of stepped in and made him do it. You have to imagine he was involved with the Rodgers thing. And is this just a situation where it doesn't matter who we bring in here? It doesn't matter what coach, what GM. This is always going to be once we get maybe, a, you know, three quarters of the way there or halfway there to a successful rebuild, this guy's going to interject and screw it all up. Potentially. That's how I feel right now. Yeah, I don't know if I can talk you off the ledge. I, I talk to a lot of my friends that are Jets fans about it. I, I do blame Woody a lot. A fish rots from the head down. I've never seen an NFL team run a subpar quarterback out there as much as they did with Zach Wilson. I'm not blaming Zach Wilson, but he does shoulder a lot of the blame of these last three years. You know what? There are yeah. so many. Like, look, look at how many teams, like Josh Dobbs, they trade for Josh Dobbs. He has one game. Nope, doesn't play again. Like, and I know they didn't use the number two overall pick on him, but look at the Niners. They used the number three pick right after Zach Wilson on Trey Lance. He ain't work. They trade him. Right. Bye. You know, they give up on the guy. They, they, they don't, you don't have time to waste. These weeks and these seasons are precious. And that's why I've been going hard on the Jets because I'm like, that, that's a shame that you wasted all of our time the last two years. When you talk about Joe Douglas, that's a shame that he didn't have an insurance plan. Physically, literally, the Packers had an insurance plan on Aaron Rodgers as he got up there in age in case he got hurt. They didn't take one out with the Jets. But also an actual insurance plan, plan at quarterback, a veteran quarterback. They were so blinded and fascinated by Aaron Rodgers sitting there and saying, oh, yeah, that Lombardi trophy looks lonely. Shut up. This is football. Everybody's one play away from being hurt. Everybody's one play away from being out for the season. They had no backup plan. And look what happened four plays in. It could have been prevented if you didn't go back to the quarterback last year that you allowed the whole team to mock, the whole team to wear a backup, his backup's T-shirt and Mike White. Like, this mess could have been prevented some, but I, I just have the suspicion that Aaron Rodgers never no, wanted a Joe Flacco here, never wanted a Carson Wentz here, because that would have shown that almost any quarterback would have been able, a, a veteran quarterback, any NFL-level quarterback, not a Zach Wilson, not a Tim Boyle, not a Trevor Simeon, any veteran NFL quarterback that could distribute the ball could have quarterbacked this Jets team to the playoffs and ended the drought, then that would have devalued the purpose of having having Aaron Rodgers, who the Packers absolutely wanted to get away from because they felt like he was a diva and there was too much nonsense. And look at the Packers. Jordan Love was able to win that last game against a division rival and get them into the dance. Aaron Rodgers wasn't able to do that. His last game in Lambeau was a loss to the Lions. And then the Jets take him, and they're, they're so desperate for any type of quarterback play. Look at the mess that was created this whole year. Uh, you know what, man? You're a thousand percent right, and everything you said, I'm just sitting here nodding my head. But you, you, you're gonna see because I, you can't talk me off the ledge. I'm just gonna say this. I know you got other calls to get to, and you got a guest coming up. Like, this is the one thing I want to say. They're gonna go. All, they're gonna try and do it this year. Fine, right? We're gonna lose Huff. We're gonna lose probably Quincy Williams next year if we don't want to pay him because this, the cap is getting out of control. But here's what I'm gonna say: If it doesn't work out next year. And this sounds nuts, and I'm already getting roasted from my Jets fans' friends by saying it, but I watched that Garrett Wilson press conference, and I got shades of, I got deja vu of Darrell Revis and how that ended here. You, they, if things don't work out next year, they should really start thinking about 
moving Wilson, moving Sauce Gardner for as many picks yeah, as they I, can I hope, get. I hope it works and, out for you and all the Jets fans listening and my friends. And I hope that that he is that Aaron Rodgers is everything that was promised, that he stays healthy, that he ends the drought, and, and even brings you to the Super Bowl. But it's more than just Aaron Rodgers. they gotta, they got to do a lot more around him in this offseason to ensure that happening. And like you said, guys like Garrett Wilson, they're not going to want to be here. Guys like Sauce Gardner, they're not going to want to be here. Guys like Brees Hall, they're not going to want to be here. And Aaron Rodgers potentially could set this franchise back Five years. You're you're already missing on the greatest offseason for available head coaches possibly ever. Thanks for the call, Joe. We got a break. Charlotte Carroll, if you're listening, we're coming to you next. Charlotte Carroll, she covers the Giants, so we're about to talk Giants. She covers the Giants for The Athletic. We're going to ask her about the Wink Martindale saga. I don't know if you guys saw that article that Dan Duggan put out there. We're going to ask about Saquon and, and Daniel Jones. I'm going to hit her with my timeline, the math that I did for Daniel Jones. We're going to talk about the future of the Giants. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Coming up right after this. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Right back at it on the fan, halfway through another five-hour KM to AM on a football Friday. Second time joining us, I'm happy to bring back in Charlotte Carroll, who covers the G-Men on The Athletic. Charlotte, are you there? I am here. Thanks so much for having me back on. First off, thank you for taking time out of your Friday night. It is hard to book people on Friday night because once Friday comes, people are checked out. I work the night shift on Friday, sometimes till 12, sometimes at 2 a.m. But most of my friends, colleagues, people, they're like, nah, bro, not, no, not, I can't, not on Friday. No, I've been there when I've worked the the fun 4 a.m. to midnight shifts or 5 to 1. So I've, I've been there, and I'm happy to help out when I can. Okay, so let's start off with this article today. I've had Dan Duggan on. He's great. You're great. I mean, you guys do a great job covering the Giants. And, I mean, this story took all week to talk about and uncover. And I saw you put out there, in case you missed it, you know, Dan Duggan broke down how the Wink Martindale-Brian Dable relationship uh, deteriorated. And... I mean, I guess we saw during the season, but all of the players spoke and they said they had no idea. Maybe they're great actors, liars too. But as reporters, you guys were there. Like, what surprised you the most from this whole falling out? And what did you uncover and Dan uncover, um, you know, through your your writing, your research, your reporting on this whole situation with the head coach and the defensive coordinator? Yeah, I think the biggest thing from, from Dan's story and what we've learned is that this isn't something that just happened this week. Um, and kind of disintegrated. It's something that's been ongoing 
not only this whole season and the, the cracks showed with the Blazer report earlier this year, um, but also last year, too, there were little inklings. So it's not something that should come as a surprise to anyone, the way it might have like played out on Monday and kind of the standoff was a little unexpected, I suppose, but the, the relationship kind of coming apart isn't too crazy. Yeah, you know what's funny? There's a lot of talk about Brian Dable screaming. I played football, didn't make it, but I played football in college, two colleges and high school. There's always a coach that screams. That's a part of it. Like, not everybody is the tender, pull you to the side, put their arm around you and talk. Like, sometimes you're not going to get results like that. Also, there's two kinds of players. Some guys don't respond to the yelling. Some guys do. I don't care about the yelling at all. And here in New York, we have the opposite on the other side of MetLife. In Rob Sala, I don't think I've ever seen the guy raise his voice. I don't think I've ever seen the guy yell at a player at all. I think that's fine. Now, conversation popped up on the fan about Bill Belichick becoming available. And he's got history with the Giants and the Jets. And some people actually floated the idea of the Giants uh, being interested in in Bill Belichick. Can can you tell our audience why that would never happen? And why Brian Dable and, and Joe Shane, like, those are your guys for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think that was, someone shot that down, I saw in a report, and it's just kind of unthinkable to have that happen. It is a, a Belichick system with Gable in charge, um, but I cannot imagine them anytime soon bringing uh, Belichick in to be under Gable. Gable's here, he's got his job, um, he's in the process of looking for two coordinators, and, and potentially a third, depending on what happens with offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, who actually just completed an interview today with the Titans, but uh, he, he's in charge for right now, and so is Joe Shane. Yeah, I mean, this year, I mean, so Dable used to work for um, Belichick in New England. Like, there's no way. I took a call the other night, or I had a call. I didn't actually take it, where they were like, could Belichick possibly come and be the defensive coordinator under Dable? No, no, no. He's chasing Shula's record. He's 15 wins away as a head coach. Why would he take a D coordinator position? Now, I mean, it's all jokes. It's all fun and games. But, I mean, Dable did actually defeat Belichick this year and that was during the whole Tommy Cutlets era and uh not era but like you know month that we were all hyping up Tommy. Era. We'll count it. I guess it was an era but I feel like era's got to be like he's Taylor still- Swift <laughs> yeah Taylor Swift can't help the Chiefs this week um but Tommy Tommy still got the pen he's got to write more to his era that was just the beginning but I did enjoy it. I, I've said it, it was the best story that we had in New York football all year. Now, what do you think happens with Tommy DeVito? Do you think he comes back? Do you think he's a backup? Do you think he competes for the starting job? Because here on the fan, we have people calling in and hosts saying he was better than Daniel Jones. He should be the Giants' starting quarterback. <laughs> Not me. I never for a second entertained that. <laughs> I think, I mean, he's earned himself – some playing time and he's definitely earned himself like a career as a backup with the play that he displayed at least um he earned just more of a career than just one season for what he was able to do and to prove that he could can make it in the nfl a little bit i think he'll be around i believe he's under contract um so he'll be around in the spring you know just there as a as an option uh especially with daniel jones still recovering from an acl so kind of right now he's the guy who's going to be throwing in the spring whether he Competing for Daniel Jones, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. Uh, front office has said when Daniel's healthy, he's the QB. Obviously, that's very dependent on when he's healthy and, and the way that recovery timeline goes and rehab. So we'll see what happens there. But I don't think we're going to be watching a, a Tommy DeVito-Daniel Jones battle for starter. If we are, I've got a lot of questions. I mean, obviously, he's uh, he does. I think he makes like not even 10% of what Daniel Jones makes. So... 
Uh, he's cost-effective. I see Tommy DeVito, the kid lives 15 minutes away from the stadium. I see him as the guy that if, you know, you know, guys want to run some routes, he can go throw for them in the practice facility. I see him as the OTA quarterback. If they want to bring him back, I think he wants to be there. He chose to be there, and I think that's, you know, he's a, a good enough practice arm um, and he can continue to work on his game and develop his game under Dable, but I do not think he's an NFL starter. I never did. I always looked at that as that's Brian Dable coaching. That's Brian Dable's scheme and Mike Kafka's scheme. They're getting the most out of this young man. They're preparing him. At first, they didn't let him throw a pass or not downfield, you know, just a check down or a little, you know, uh, running back pass in the rain. But then, you know, he evolved and, and that went on. So, you know, I'm mentioning Daniel Jones. And here's the question for you. I've been putting this out on the last couple of days that I've been on. I did the math, right? <laughs> Kyler Murray got hurt on December 12th, 2022. He had his surgery January 3rd, 2023. He came back to the NFL to play November 12th, 2023. That's 11 months, exactly 313 days. So I went and got the little calculator out, and I crunched some quick numbers in math. Daniel Jones got hurt on November 5th. He had his surgery on November 22nd of this past year, 2023. If I do the math for 314 days, one more day, one more day after uh, it took Kyler Murray, let's say Daniel Jones needs at least one more day to return to the NFL, he wouldn't be ready to play until October 1st. So for all the folks that are thinking that Daniel Jones is going to be ready to be the starting quarterback for training camp, what do you say to that timeline? What do you say to his rehab? What do you say to Daniel Jones' future if you had to guess or if you had to guess or you know put a time frame on it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really hard to compare to other players. Everybody is different, and I know that sounds like doctor talk. But it's the truth. We don't really know what's going to happen in the recovery process, like what might pop up if there's any uh, any setbacks or anything like that. Not that there have been, but you never know what might happen along the way. So it's really hard to compare. Um, my, I think Dan Duggan actually had taken in one of the stories when this first happened. I'd, I'll have to go back and find it now of comparing not just that Kyler Murray was on there, but there were some other notable quarterbacks who tore their ACL and like, how long it took for them. I'm going to have to I'm going to definitely go look at that after we talk, what the process was on uh, the time frame for there. But I think the Giants are going to do everything to have another option ready in, in case that Daniel is not ready. Like, obviously, Daniel is going to do everything that he can. He's been at the facility. We see him. He's going to do his rehab at New York. He's actually walking around pretty well when we've seen him. He's, he's been around. He's not in crutches or anything. Um but they're going to use maybe free agency. They'll use the draft. Kind of that's all up in the air right now of what they're going to do to get someone else who, who could possibly be the starter if, if Daniel's not ready. Yeah, I mean, I root for Daniel Jones. And when I looked at Kyler Murray, I just looked at Kyler Murray as a superior athlete, a uh, smaller guy with less of an injury history and way less stress out there in Arizona versus being here in New York where he had to go through a few weeks of people saying that Tommy DeVito was a better quarterback than him. I, I root for Daniel Jones because he has had it rough here in New York from the time they called his name as the sixth overall pick until right now still. So I'm rooting for him and his recovery and him to be ready to go and reclaim his spot. But you got to think about that number six overall pick in the draft. And with the quarterbacks that are coming in, uh, they have an opportunity to trade up. They have an opportunity to stay where they are. But really, it's an opportunity for Shane and Dable to go get the quarterback of their choosing after a winner of scouting, watching film, I know Shane said he's done more work on this draft than any other Giants draft since he's been here. Makes sense. But I really think this is their time. I think the Daniel Jones contract is perfect for it. 
I think that this is their time to go zero in on the quarterback they want. Pick up the phones if they got to trade up. But, like, go get the guy you want. Brian Dable got the most out of Tommy DeVito. He had 300-yard passing games from Tyrod Taylor, who you know couldn't complete a two-yard pass to win the game. And he also got the best season out of Daniel Jones, which ended up with a playoff victory on the road. Get him a young quarterback that he can mold, that he can teach, and then you see what the Giants can do with the GM, head coach, and quarterback moving forward. What do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very reasonable answer and very reasonable game plan, especially when we they're coming from Buffalo. They brought in Josh Allen. You know, Dable was the Josh Allen whisperer. We've seen how well that's turned out. So it makes sense. I think the question is, like, time frame of this now is, like, is there going to be pressure? How much pressure is there going to be to kind of win out next year? Like, if they bring in a young quarterback, does that buy them another year on the hot seat? Is the hot seat on for year three with what's happened with Wink and special teams and how many people have had to be fired this season? So do they need a playmaker immediately? Do they go for, like, a number one wide receiver with that option? Obviously, the offensive line needs some work. I don't know if they'll be drafting another offensive lineman. They probably need to bring in some veteran, veteran guys there. But it's kind of that question of do they take the risk of bringing in their own quarterback or do they kind of go for the immediate you know, let's get the playmaker in. And do they like have a guy that they could that they're comfortable moving up for? So I was reading an article today, and I just I don't know. I'm I, I'm no Giants fan, but the writing is on the wall. I see I see the vision. I see what they're doing. I was reading an article today on Giants Wire that said the Giants are among the league's best in 2024 offseason capital, and it went on to say that entering the offseason, they've got multiple needs, but like out of all 32 teams, they're ranked fifth in terms of best offseason resources when you talk about um, their draft stock, where, they, where they're going to be picking in the draft, and the money that they're going to be um, you know, shedding or that they can move on from, now is the time, in my opinion. So let's talk about Saquon Barkley. Do you think Saquon Barkley gets tagged? I don't. Do you think Saquon Barkley returns? I also don't. Oh, that's, <laughs> I know it's going to be divisive among fans. I don't think he's back based on the tone, unless it's negotiating. Um, but the way he was talking as we kind of ended the season and, and where his head was at, um, I don't think so. And I don't think the Giants, I don't know if the Giants could use the tag on him again. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, they have so many other needs, but it is Saquon and he's a franchise guy, franchise player. He wants to be here, but I think he's kind of accepting reality of like, you know, he just wants to get paid and he wants a deal. That's fair. And that was a quote out of his mouth last week. Um, is he just wants a deal. That's fair. Yeah, I just I think the writing is on the wall. It is what it is. Now they got to put their coaching staff together. I thought it was extremely fast, almost peculiar how quick they found their new offensive line coach. I'm like, they've just figured out how to get Wink to resign, and here comes Carmen Brasillo. I just saw a clip today of him talking to Dexter Lawrence and saying, "Hey, you know, I really respect your game and how you play." Lawrence saying, "You guys did a heck of a job." I think that was something that was in motion weeks ahead. I made a joke the other night. Like, you go 2-8, and eight, you start thinking about who you're going to fire, who you're going to bring in, and what you're going to do in the offseason. You got to go through the motions. You got to make the fan base believe you're not tanking and trying to win. But I think they had Carmen circled, and now he's the new offensive line coach. What do you know about him, or um, what do you expect from him and changes with this offensive line? Yeah, no, I, I've heard good things. Um, Dan actually was able to talk to his old mentor in uh, New England. He worked for the you know legendary offensive line guy up there, so that's great. 
Um, and he had just great things to say about what he's been able to do and who he's in person. Um, and I, I guess the time frame of it, it was fast and it was speedy, but he it, it, it across the league. They're getting all their requests blocked for special team yeah. coordinator at least. Um, so it might have been too. It's like if they like this guy, they had one of their requests blocked for um, the offensive line with the Falcons. And if they liked Carmen, why not get him now? Because the new guy can come in in Vegas, decide to keep him, block that request if that ends up happening. So they kind of, you know, that's one way to look at it. But yeah, it was fast to kind of whatever else has been happening. Um, but no, I've heard good things about what he's been able to do. And he's been able to too, kind of work with crazy situations like Las Vegas and in, in 2022 had a, a ton of movement on their line just because of injuries and circumstance kind of what we saw in New York this year, and they were able to, to play a really strong season, only at 35 sacks, which was tied for ninth fewest in the league. So I think that, that's got to be encouraging to Giants fans coming off 85 sacks this season. It's at 85 sacks allowed, excuse me. You mentioned how they're, you know, the Giants are being blocked, and I, I consistently am on this radio station telling people that these sports, like these teams are competing when they're not competing. It isn't just the games. They're competing in the draft. They're competing for coaches. Like they can literally, there's rules that say we can block your request. No, you can't interview our coach, the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons, the Los Angeles Chargers all rejected the Giants' request this week. Now, uh, with Wink Martindale, right, we saw how that all shook out. And I think there's a fear here that Wink Martindale joins the Eagles. And then it's like, oh, no, Wink knows all the secrets. He knows where some of the bar- the, the bodies are buried. Um, do you think Wink is spiteful like that? Spiteful or not, it's just business. But do you see Wink Martindale joining the Philadelphia Eagles? We know that they're going to be looking for somebody else. We know that they're going to be interested in a new defensive coordinator. I mean, as a fan of the drama, that'd be fun. Right. <laughs> I'm sure Giants fans will not like that if that ends up happening. But, I mean, it's kind of a fun thing. Or Cowboys, depending upon what happens. Even Commanders, too. I mean, there's so many. <laughs> a lot of places you can end up in the NFC. is basically everywhere. He could, he could end up in Dallas. Dan Quinn is about to move yeah. on. Yeah, there's a lot of ways this could shake up, or he could just end up in a completely different division. Um, so I'm not sure yet where he'll go, um, what will happen there. It's, it's fun and, and dramatic to think about for the storylines for that first matchup if it is an NFC rival. For those just tuning in, we're on the phone with Charlotte Carroll from The Athletic. She covers the New York Giants. So Mike Kafka, right? Mike, Kaf- Mike Kafka's staying. Um, when the press conference ha- happened at the end of the season, he, uh, you know, Dable said he expected Kafka and Wink back. Obviously, they did some things to upset Wink. Wink is now gone. Kafka is interviewing. He just interviewed with the Titans, but I think he comes back. And I also put him in the equation as far as them finding the quarterback. And I think you got a good three guys between Shane, Dable, and Kafka going to look at Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, whoever it might be, to make a decision. Do you expect Mike Kafka to come back, or do you think somebody's going to steal him away? I don't know. I mean, we'll see how the Titans interview went. If he'll get any more requests. Um, right now, it's, it's just that one. He was a hot commodity last year. He had four uh, teams were interested. Obviously, the season that they had this year kind of slows it down, but he's still a young young coach. He's very well respected, comes from uh, the Chiefs tree um, and, and that whole kind of circle. So he's very well respected and, and he's a, a good offensive minded guy. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's more interest. But again, the season that they had might have dulled it. Um, but if he does stick around, that's, that's only a benefit for the Giants because he's, you know, an NFL guy himself, played quarterback. So he has that connection. And I was even thinking about, too, the other day of like, if he sticks around, obviously Dable is going to have that influence. 
And with the new quarter, if they do get a quarterback, Dable will have a lot of influence there. But he's not going to be like the main guy in his ear because he's the head coach. He's got so much to deal with. So it will fall on Kafka. It'll fall on Shea Tierney, who's the quarterback's coach. So what those two guys especially can do, if there's a new guy, what happens there? I'm not going to keep asking anything. One more thing, actually, I'm going to throw in while I have you. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I've been on record. I've been on record saying the Titans don't have a clue. I've been following the trail. They they went from saying that Mike Vrabel was going to be their coach to saying that he would have something to do with the organization to firing him, showing the door. I watched uh, Amy Adams Strunk and what she had to say. I'm like, they don't know what they're doing over there. Um, they're trying to interview Antonio Pierce. They're trying to interview Mike Kafka. But now I see that the Giants interviewed Titans defensive coordinator Shane Bowen, who had been with Mike Vrabel over there for the last couple years. Um, I'm I'm asking you this. Like, how confident are you that the moves that Dable is going to make to now reshuffle his coaching staff, that they're going to pay dividends next year. There's so many Giants fans that thought highly of Wink Martindale, and he's respected through all NFL circles. But now we've got a potential Shane Bowen or whoever knows who it's going to be. But do you expect to see, like, okay, Dable is making this team in his own image. It's his squad. Him and and Shane are attached at the hip. They're going to be better for it than they were two years ago because the bar was set so high in this rebuild to win nine games to go and get into the playoffs right away, win a playoff game, they have to return to the playoffs. Do you expect that next year, or do you think this is going to be a little bit longer of a process? I don't know. I think it depends, as we were talking about earlier, if they draft a quarterback. Like, I think they buy some time if they draft a quarterback. If they, or Not that if they draft a quarterback, but if they get one of those top guys and yeah. he's going to be starting in place of Daniel Jones, I think there's a little bit more time built in. If they end up, if Daniel's healthy, if they stick with him, whatever situation they run with, um, I think there's more pressure and the heat's on them to make the playoffs and they're kind of in a hot seat situation. Um, so depending upon how that works out, I think is, is my answer. I know that's like a cheap answer, but I think it's the truth. I mean, it, I, but I, so that's it's how hard you feel. To predict. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's hard to predict the current roster, the way it stands, they're not making the playoffs next year, but depending upon what they do with it and, and the coaching staff. And if you're a fan, you have to believe that what they're bringing in is going to make this team better. Um, and that, you know, the building will kind of, you know, get some feng shui and, and go through what it needs to go through to be able to kind of pull it together for next season. You know, Charlotte, I knew that they were doomed when they named 10 captains. Too many Chiefs, not enough Indians. You don't need 10 captains on a football team. They yeah, ended up we'll trading one. They traded Leonard thing. Williams away. How do you trade one of your captains? Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll see if that number goes down, if that lesson was learned. But, I mean, hey, I guess it works if, you know, Attention wasn't felt by players. As we talked about throughout the year with the coaching staff, I mean, they kind of handled the locker room side of things. So and the captain part, I guess, works there. But I, I don't know. Ten captains is, is a lot. Ten captains is too much. It doesn't make any sense. You don't need that many captains. Like, uh, and, and most of those guys that they name captains, that they put captaincies on, are not going to be on the team next year. So I guess just Dexter Lawrence and, uh, I don't know, Andrew Thomas, that's good enough. Dexter Lawrence on defense, Andrew Thomas, Thomas on offense, done. You don't need any more captains than that. Maybe weekly, you know, to, for the coin toss or whatever. But 10 captains, when I saw that, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. This isn't going to be good. And look how it ended up. Charlotte, I don't want to take up any more of your Friday night. Thank you for joining us tonight. You're great. Perfect. Thanks for having me on. And good luck with the rest of your Friday. Have fun. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.